بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد ما شاء الله من الله سبحانه وتعالى accept everybody may Allah bless everybody may Allah keep everybody happy last week we were discussing how being grateful to people and showing shukar to people this helps cement relationships and it makes us um, much more happier content and then it makes other people feel the same as a result of which a person then thrives on the relationships we spoke about a study that was carried out uh, the result of which was that the people who achieve the most in life are the most content and find the most happiness are those who have the best relationships now Coming back to what we started speaking about a couple of weeks ago in terms of where do you start from? Because we can't always feel grateful. We can't always feel excited and happy and that's human life, that's normal. So how do we get back on track? And what's the impact it has of having an attitude of gratitude? This is what we're trying to create, having an attitude of gratitude. And how do we get there? So we spoke about just the simple thought of being alive, the fact that I'm breathing. But then we can take it a step further from there. And the idea is not to try so hard to look for things that are really odd or too great or to just things that we kind of are expecting are going to happen any minute now. Rather, it's about realizing those things which we don't appreciate we don't value and we take for granted. And we said a few weeks ago, or it's been a number of weeks I think, is rather than taking things for granted, we need to take them as granted, as gifts. And we can start off very, very simple and then build from there. And this, the, the great, what my message is today is that the greatest benefit this will give it will change our perspective in life. Do you know when, you, when you're looking for something, when you're discussing something, you're about to buy a product, for example, you're discussing it at home, you're checking it up online, you are doing research, you are reading the reviews. What happens then is when you do go out, when you do go to places, or you do travel, or wherever you are, you start noticing that thing much more. Wherever you think, up until now, okay, up until now, we didn't see any of this. Now, that's all I'm seeing. Everywhere we go, that's what you keep noticing. That's what you keep seeing. So, this is, a, this is called selective perspective. And this is it's actually a thing. A person has selective perspective. It ha it's something that happens in your mind. And you can do that. Just like they say, pessimism, okay, is an option. It's a choice. It's not something that's genetic. You can change that. You can change that. If, you're, if you feel you're a pessimist and you're always looking for negative things and you don't have much good things to say, well, that doesn't mean that that's you. You can change that. It's changeable. You can change your perspective. And one of the greatest and the easiest ways to do that is through shukr and gratitude. And we learn that from the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And it's very, very easy. It's not difficult. It's not difficult at all. So being here now, we don't even have to be in front of anything. You can do it. And this is what it is. The greatest impact it's having is on your mind. And remember, the mind plays a huge role in who we are. Because we, we kind of do things according to that. How we're feeling and what we're thinking. So you could make yourself feel much better about a situation by having gratitude and so how, 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 how do we do this so something as simple as we spoke about being alive we spoke about breathing but then something very very simple as the fact that like let's just start from here so what we're trying to do is we're trying to look for blessings and look for good so how do you look 
how can how do we look at anything? What do we use to look? Okay, the eyesight. I mean, it's it's so simple, but yet so powerful at the same time. How many times have we thanked Allah for our eyesight? Just just think about it. It sounds so trivial, so simplistic, and someone might even hearing me might think that this sounds really like weird. Why are you even speaking about this? But just think about the reality. How we thanked Allah for our eyesight. There are so many people that can't see. Right? This whole topic or this area of sugar, okay, it's we can start from very basic. You don't have to go far. You don't have to have millions of things to thank Allah. Just think about eyesight, for example. The fact that we can see. We don't even need to go into all the list of what can we see. We can see that in itself is an... I mean, it's, it's like that person who said that I was complaining about... Uh, what was it? I was complaining about not having the right shoes until I saw somebody who didn't actually have any feet. Um, and there's so many examples and sayings like that. So the fact that we can see... Now, this you can enhance this now. Okay, we can see. Um, are we seeing in black and white and grey or are we seeing colour? Okay, there's a lot of people in the world who are colorblind. Okay, so you get people who are partially colorblind who can't see certain colors. Okay, but you get a lot of people who can't see color at all. Okay, is that something we thought about? Is that something we thanked Allah upon? Okay, and, and, and then from there we can take it much, much further. We can take just now in your mind, okay, just in your mind, take a trip to your wardrobe. And you can do this activity anywhere, wherever you are. Just take a trip to your wardrobe and open it. Okay? Is it full or is it empty? First of all. Yeah? <laughs> Let's not look at what's in there, what type of things are in there. Because that's when we get a little sidetracked. But the fact that it's full. Okay? We open the drawer. Even that's full. Open the next one. That's full as well. Rather, rather things are pouring out. We don't know where to store things. So that in itself is a blessing. And from there, we can go you know, beyond. How did we get here? How did most of us get here? Most of us didn't walk here. Okay, from what I can see, majority of us haven't walked it here. We've, we've come in a vehicle. And the fact that, again, if we start looking at oh, how old this car is, or the problems it's got. No, the fact that it's brought you from A to B. Think about it. If it wasn't for your vehicle, would you be here today? From wherever we've come from? No. So we, we kind of, you, you, you know, we'll, we'll go back in the car, not think much about it. We might see other cars around thinking, oh, look at that car. If I had that car, I would just be a happier person. If I had that one, that would have made me so much better. If I had that one, I would do sugar. Okay, no, look, so we need to come back and see this really what the great, what I'm trying to say is we've been speaking about this topic for a long time, but today's direction is a little bit different, is when you start, now what happens is, this is now going to set off a trend. This sets off a trend where you're starting to look for things to feel grateful for, even simple things like your eyesight, okay? Like you're hearing, okay, you can hear. A lot of people can't hear sign language. Okay, why, why do they have sign language? They can't speak and they can't hear. And there's a lot of people like that. You'll be surprised. There's so many people like that in the world. A lot of times when we speak about topics and discussions, we don't relate to them because we think it's something abstract. It's something fantasy or that's not real. Okay, this we can see. We can see how common it is where people use sign language that just tells you and we only see a percentage there must be so many people who can't hear and who can't speak so the fact that i'm speaking right now okay if they even think about it i'm speaking you're hearing you can listen you don't have an issue in your hearing okay that in itself have we ever thanked allah maybe not even by words but even felt grateful inside alhamdulillah i can hear so what this does is this gives us a 
different outlook. You look at life differently altogether. Your perspective changes. Now, what does that do? Number one, that's really, really beneficial because you see the world in a whole different, you see different, two different types of people. Someone who's an optimistic, someone who's a pessimist. Their outlook on life is very different. Being with that kind of person is very different. Someone who's positive, someone who's very ambitious, being with those individuals, their company, okay, is, is, it, it's, it's kind of magnetic. It rubs off onto you. Whereas if you say maybe somebody who's toxic, who's pessimistic, who's negative, okay, it makes you like that as well. Or it's not nice being in the company of someone like, it's not nice because it just pulls you down. You're not gaining anything. You're losing so much. You're losing your mind. You're losing so much. So imagine what it's doing to us. So having this kind of outlook is very useful in life, number one. And secondly, where it's very beneficial is when we are going through a difficulty, because we can't always be happy. We can't always be in a good state. There are going to be times when we're going to be down. What shukr does, again proven scientifically, which we don't need because we believe Quran already tells us this, but what shukr does is makes you more resilient. So when you do have problems, you won't crack. Even in that situation, gratitude will save us. Okay, you might think, how can you have gratitude in a situation like that? You can, and it's really helpful because gratitude and sadness, they, they don't kind of oppose each other. You could be sad, but be grateful at the same time. And that gratitude will make us much more resilient at that time. Um, and we can go through a difficulty, but be able to come out of it again. Why? Because of perspective, seeing it in a different way. Uh, so this is what we, you know, uh, if, if we can kind of go into this direction now, where we're looking for things now, even the most simple things to feel grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. And then that should build, set off a trend. It sets off a trend where um, we've got a selective perspective, where we're now looking for things, even the most simple of things in life to feel grateful for. Those who are journaling, you'll be able to write these things down and make a note of them. Well, you're not just looking for things at the end of the day, which, you know, big, huge things, even the most simple things, which we've been taking for granted, instead of taking them for granted, we need to take them as granted by Allah. Everything is a gift. How do you feel when somebody gives you? Okay, especially when you, you've not done anything to deserve it. You weren't expecting it. Okay, and it's something really different. How many of those kind of gifts has Allah given us? Did we expect any of this? We didn't, we didn't apply to be in this world. Okay, it's all without deserving it. We're not entitled to it. Okay, when a person starts feeling entitled, that's the problem. So without being entitled, without de being deserving of it, Allah has granted us so much and there's so much variety as well. And it's been granted to us again and again and again and again, again and again. So in return, we should be thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So coming back to the beginning, today's discussion is how making shukr and having an attitude of shukr and gratitude has a massive impact on our mind and it makes us more, uh, it makes us have a more uh, positive perspective uh, on life and makes us much more optimistic. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to implement. Okay, let's have a quick recap of last week's lesson, inshallah. Um, Forty-one. Okay, and fifteenth Sahaba in Baitul Maqdis fifteen and Sahabi number two. So, which what, what which Sahaba are we speaking about at the moment? What category? So, those who participated in the conquest of Jerusalem. So, previously we spoke about those Sahaba that that were leaders in the. Uh, armies before that we spoke about or did we start we started from those who were leaders 
So I think that was the first one, leading the campaigns. Yeah, we did quite a few, didn't we? Just in that. Um, and then this is the second part now where we've moved on to say those who participated in the conquest of Jerusalem with Umar Everybody knows about the conquest, but then we don't kind of know who else was there. And it's very interesting to find out um, who else was there as well. Um, it just shows you how huge this thing was. Okay, so we spoke about Sayyiduna Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu. A quick recap of uh, some points regarding him. Who can remind us? Yeah, let's start off by his name. What's his name? Very good. Abdul Rahman bin Sakhar Ad-Dawsi. That was his name, Abdul Rahman bin Sakhar, and from the tribe of Ad-Dawsi. That's good, well remembered. And? Okay, he spent Iqbal's, that's a bit like Iqbal now. He spent most of his time in the masjid, mashallah. Okay, and he, as a result of this, he narrated the most hadith. Uh, 5,000, who remembers how many? 5374. Um, a lot of these could be repetitions as well. Um, meaning, you know, the same kind of words with different, um, or, yeah. So one of the people of the Sufa, we know Sufa was where the poor people in Medina Munawwara would stay. Eventually the Sufa didn't exist because Muslims had wealth later on. But in the beginning stages for a number of years, there was a place which we'd refer to as the Sufa of Medina and the poor people would stay there. He was from amongst those Sahaba radiallahu anhum. So later on he became the governor of Bahrain, which is a big thing. So where he started from, where he kind of ended. Yep, that's the one. So he was at the Mount of Tur, which could be the Mount of Olives. And that is where he narrated the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, which we mention a lot, the virtue of the day of Friday, that the best day in which the sun rises is the day of Friday. Why? Because Adam was created on a Friday. He passed away on a Friday. He was entering into Jannah on a Friday. He was taken out on a Friday. Qiyamah will take place on a Friday, etc. towards the end. And then he spoke about the moment of acceptance where any dua anybody makes is accepted on a Friday. Who was he speaking to? Do you remember? Kaab Ahbar. And then he looked at the Torah and he said, Rasulullah spoke the truth. Maybe he found something that was similar mentioned in the previous scriptures. What else? Very good. He passed away at the age of 78 uh, in Medina Munawwara and it is known that he is buried in Al Baqi. Uh, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. There are two more points which are kind of more subtle, um, which would have been new points, which would be very interesting if um, one of them you might remember, the other one, you know, anyone remembers it deserves a prize. Yes, that's the one. We're on the same tracks. Yep. So the ayah where Allah speaks about So it was famous regarding him that his interpretation of meaning we gave refuge to both of them, meaning Isa and Maryam in a place where there is flowing water. So he would say, Rabwa means Ramla. Okay, it's a city in Palestine, uh, not too far from Lud, Tel Aviv, that area. Um, and that was his tafsir. 
Other Sahaba didn't agree with that. But it's just famously known that that was his opinion. And the other one, I would have said that would, that's the one. Yeah. yeah, he spoke three languages. Which ones? Persian, Abyssinian, and Arabic, of course. MashaAllah, that's everything. Well done. Alhamdulillah. Um, everything was covered. And in terms of the campaign, what did we say? Yeah, make a commitment to study like Abu Hurairah did as a result of him being so committed and then not just keeping that knowledge to yourself, sharing it with as many people. Um, and, and that's with anything that you learn, that we're learning something here every week, whether it be what we're learning about shukr, for example, in the beginning, or whether it be about the Sahabi, whether it be about what's happening in the world. It's about going out there, sharing it with other people. This is how goodness comes. How did we receive this Islam in such a beautiful way? If the Sahaba were to learn, 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 and then just go home and keep it to themselves, okay? We wouldn't know all of these beautiful things. So the idea is to, to study, first of all to study. Some people want to really teach, but they've not studied. Okay, that's not good enough. You can't just start making videos when you've not studied anything or you've not learned. So making a commitment, Abu Hurairah was there. He, was, he narrated so many hadith, okay, and he was so reliable. Why? Because he was there. He studied, he put the effort in. So both is important. To be like Abu Hurairah by studying hard, okay? And studying doesn't mean formally you have to go and study. There's different ways of studying and learning and then passing it on, inshallah. Okay, let's move on to today's uh, lesson. Lesson number 42. How Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam planted the love of Masjid al-Aqsa in the hearts of the Ummah. Lesson number 42. Sahaba in Bayt al-Maqdis number 16. And Sahabi number 3. Sahabi number 3 meaning in our kind of category of those Sahaba that participated with Sayyidina Umar anhu in the conquest of Jerusalem. So, and we're going in alphabetical order in the Arabic alphabet. So we spoke about number one, we spoke about Abu Dhar al-Ghifari uh, last week, sorry, the week before. Last week, Abu Huraira. And we're going to go into Ba now. Remember, we're not speaking about all the Sahaba, there were loads. We're just mentioning some of them. So let's move on to Ba'ah. And today will be Sayyiduna Bilal bin Rabah. Radiallahu anhu. Bilal bin Rabah. That's his complete name. Bilal, the son of Rabah. He was better known as the Mu'addin of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he was set free from slavery by Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Key information that's important for us to know. So we know about Sayyidina Bilal as him being the Mu'addin. Two, two pieces of information that are vital for us to know for today's discussion um, is number one, he was the Mu'addin. So it, this was um, a very high post that he held during the life of the Prophet the first to be appointed and he upholded this all the way till the end. So he was the Mu'addin, official Mu'addin of the Prophet wasn't the only one but was the main and official one. And also he was set free by Abu Bakr anhu. And that's something huge as well. For some, we, can't, we, we can't comprehend this. That if somebody owns you, okay, and then for them to set you free, then we can't comprehend that. How can, how can you be owned by somebody else? And that's a huge thing. It's like someone reviving you and giving you life uh, again. So these are two points to keep in mind. Now, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away, Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu came to Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and he asked him a question. And he said to him, If you set me free from slavery for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then allow me to go wherever I want. And if you set me free from slavery for yourself and personal gains, personal reasons, then you can withhold me. You can make me stay here in Medina, you know, carry on telling me to do the adhan and do the other things and stick around with you because he's now the Khalifa now. Obviously, he'll want him close to him. A very powerful question he put to him. Abu Bakr, when you set me free many, many years ago, look, the Prophet of Allah is no longer here. 
you set me free, right? Did you do it for yourself or did you do it for the sake of Allah? So Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala who responded by saying, no, when I set you free, I set you free for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from slavery. Therefore, you can go wherever you want. I'm not going to force you that you have to stay in Medina. From that moment onwards, till he passed away, Sayyiduna Bilal radiallahu ta'ala who decided to give preference to striving in the path of Allah over giving the adhan. Now you, you realize why both those points were important that I mentioned. One is that he was set free by Abu Bakr radiallahu And number two, his official post was giving the adhan. That was his job. Okay, you like changing your career kind of thing. Within a split second, you're making a big decision. Something that you've been doing and holding a post for so many years. He actually said, right, from today onwards, I'm having a total change. But I just want to ask you, did you set me free for yourself? Or was it for the sake of Allah? If it's for the sake of Allah, let me go. And he went towards Asham. And he says, I'm going to go in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he remained in this condition until he passed away in the 20th year after Hijrah at the age of 60 something. We don't know exactly, 60 something. And most historians mention that he is buried in Anybody? Sayyiduna Bilal radiallahu anhu buried in? So where, where has he gone? He's gone to Asham. Think of the biggest cities of Asham. Damascus. Okay? Damascus is, is one of the greatest places in history. We can always hear about Damascus. So majority of the scholars, and there's a tomb for him there, and people go and visit and see at the place of Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala. However, I'm going to share with you something uh, which is not normally mentioned. There are some who have mentioned that he didn't pass away there. Instead, he passed away in Amwas. What happened in Amwas? The plague. And he's buried in Amwas. Allah knows best. But this is also another opinion regarding the demise and then the burial site of uh, Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhum. So again, Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhum was amongst those Sahaba who participated in the conquest of Jerusalem alongside Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Now we come to after the conquest what happens when they entered into Masjidul Aqsa and it was time for Salah. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhum said, Bilal, come and give the adhan. So Bilal radiallahu ta'ala said, O Amirul Mu'mineen, I've already told myself this. I've already made an agreement with myself that after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I'm not going to call the adhan out for anybody. So Umar radiallahu anhu, thanks for the offer, but no thanks. He simply, that's what he said. I've said, after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I'm not going to call the adhan out for anybody. Umar radiallahu ta'ala told him, Bilal, give the adhan now. And Bilal radiallahu said, Amirul Mu'mineen, if you're asking me, then I'm refusing. If you're just requesting me, then I'm going to say no. But if it's a command, I don't have a choice but to follow you. He goes, yes, it's a command. He goes, if it's a command, I'm going to obey you. I'm not going to go against your command. So then Bilal radiallahu ta'ala who starts calling out the adhan. When Bilal radiallahu ta'ala reaches, when they hear his voice, remember he's not called Adhan since the Prophet sallallahu passed away. This is a huge thing. If you follow the whole history, you realize that this is massive because they've not heard that voice. And you know, sounds, smells, these things are very powerful. I remember um, many years ago, up north in a masjid, I remember in one particular, it's one of the large masjids up north, in one area, there was a mu'addin. He was an alim as well, and he was a mu'addin in that masjid. And he gave adhan like, from as long as I know. And then he passed away, and then they kept a program in the masjid. Um, after some time after he passed away, a ta'ziyati program, um, just in his memory. And the imam spoke about him. Because he, 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 he did a lot of service for the masjid. And one of the things they decided to do is to play his adhan. And this was after he passed away and it was very emotional because it was that adhan that you hear all the time 
and then you stop hearing it and then when they played it so just that was then so imagine how this would have been all the memories of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam being in Medina all came back the sahaba were crying so much they just couldn't stop crying and who were the two sahaba that cried the most we've spoken about this already two sahaba all the sahaba cried everyone cried and they cried a lot bukaan shadidan the words of the the the, the, the seerah mentioned bukaan shadidan they cried extremely much and in abundance and profusely but there were two sahaba who cried for the longest they were abu ubaida ibn jarrah and who's the other one with him Who's the other one that's with Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah? Especially in that particular land. And they both pass away kind of together. Immediately after each other. Yep. And he was only leader for a very short one. And he passed away there as well. Nope. Khalid or was the original leader and then he was replaced with Abu Ubaidah. But who was after Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah also passed away in Amwas. And we, this particular story we've mentioned like three times now, I think. Because it, each time or not, each the Sahaba were being discussed. Begins with M. You've got it now. Or meme. Yeah. Yeah. Mu'adh ibn Jabal. Okay. Mu'adh ibn Jabal. Radiallahu anhu. Some of you thinking, oh, was it that? <laughs> okay. So Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah and Mu'adh ibn Jabal. So he also passed away, as we know. It's, but these two Sahaba, they cried for the longest um, at that time. So that was. Um, and so much so that Umar had to go over and console them. And when he consoled them, he said, that's enough. Stop now, that's enough. Um, you know, you're going to kind of hurt yourself if you carry on. Later on, Sayyidina Umar who actually appointed Bilal as the governor of Jordan. So, as you can see, even he had, look at the beginning of Bilal um, you know, we didn't even go into those stories because everyone's familiar with them. Slavery is, is in itself uh, a situation that he was in, but even after that. Um, but then he was appointed as the governor of Jordan. And um, an interesting incident took place, which I'm going to share with you uh, and conclude. So it says that whilst he was governor in Jordan, so imagine now he's got a very high governmental post. He's no longer the Bilal that we used to hear about. This is a different Bilal altogether. Years have gone past and he is in this post. He's the governor. He's overlooking and ruling Jordan. And at that time, him and his brother, they go to propose to a family. They didn't know, no like fancy business, not asking anybody to go on their behalf. They just went turned up themselves and they put a proposal. What was on their kind of CV? This is, this is what he said. It's really nice in Arabic, I'll just say in English. So Bilal goes, him and his brother, they turn up at this house, and this is how they introduce themselves. He says, I am Bilal, and this is my brother. Okay? We were both slaves, and Allah freed us. We were both poor, and Allah granted us richness. We were both misguided, and Allah granted us guidance. If you accept our proposal for nikah, then alhamdulillah. And if you refuse our proposal, then la ilaha illallah. This is what he said. Ana Bilalun wahada akhi. Okay, I am Bilal, this is my brother. We were slaves, Allah freed us. We were misguided, Allah guided us. We were poor, Allah made us rich. Okay. Intan kahuna falhamdulillah. If you accept our proposal, Alhamdulillah. If you refuse our proposal, La ilaha illallah. 
<laughs> this is how the great, he didn't say that, do you know who I am? I'm the Mu'addin of the Prophet of Allah. Now I'm the governor of Jordan. And he could have mentioned so many things, okay? Like we do on our CV. Half of them is fake. It's not true, okay? Um, I, I saw a funny, um, what do you call it? A meme or yesterday that there was, um, there was a cat. Somebody had a cat and he was wearing a dog's clothes, um, kind of, isn't that thing that they make them wear when it's cold? Um, a lead, not, 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 not just the lead. So he had the dog's lead, but then the, the kind of, yeah, like a little onesie thing. And he said, um, dog on there. And it, at the top he said, this is somebody who lied on the CV. Um, so he's pretending to be who he's not. Um, so it was very clear, very simple, to the point, And this is how he put himself forward. Historians mention uh, that his proposal was accepted. And he got married to uh, an Arab woman uh, from the Kinda tribe. Regarding his final moments, when he passes away, going back to what we spoke about before, again, most historians say that he passed away in Damascus, but there are others who say that he passed away in the plague of Amwas. And one of the great hadith scholars who's mentioned this is Muhaddith ibn Khuzayma. Ibn Khuzayma is not a normal person. Ibn Khuzayma has a book of hadith, which are known as Sahih, the Sahih of Ibn Khuzayma. Um, and he has mentioned this. Personally, he says when he went there and he was between these areas by Ramla, Amwas, in that particular area, he says he personally saw the graves of some of the Sahaba that passed away in Amwas due to the plague of Amwas and they were buried there. And from them, he actually named Bilal bin Rabah. Again, it's an opinion of a few people. So, you know, we understand that there's a difference here, but it has been mentioned, so I thought I would share it with you. What's this week's campaign? What do we learn from the story of Bilal? I'm just looking at this little proposed marriage proposal. Okay, we've got the whole life of Bilal to take inspiration from. But just his marriage proposal is so powerful, I find. Um, and what we can learn from there is two things. Number one, he never forgot his humble beginnings. Okay, that regardless of what situation he was in, okay, a lot of times we reach a certain stage and we forget who we were, we forget where we started off from. So he didn't forget him being in, in slavery, him being misguided, him being poor. Okay, his current situation didn't make him forget his humble beginnings. And number two, the current condition he had, he attributed it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He didn't say, oh, look, look where I am now, okay? We were poor, but look, I've re worked really hard. He didn't try to impress them by saying, look, I've worked really, really hard. Look where I am. I've got to the top of the ladder. He said, no, Allah guided us. Allah made us rich. Allah took us out of slavery. So these are two key lessons we can take just from this one proposal of Sayyidina Bilal, something for us to work on during the week. Number one, don't forget your humble beginnings. And number two, to attribute any excellence, any goodness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Now inshallah we'll give a few moments for the recitation of Quran. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Just a quick update on what's happening on the ground. Um, it's impossible to cover everything or even some things because it's this is so much happening all the time. Just something that's been announced very recently. And just to understand, each time there is um, a festival or a significant occasion for them, they kind of do an incursion into Masjid al-Aqsa at the same time and try to gather as many people as possible to try and do an incursion. Uh, to coincide with their festivals. So they've just had a number of festivals already. There's some going on now. And the next one planned is for the 29th of May, which coincides with Jerusalem Day. Now, two years ago, if you remember, or was it last, last year? Or two years ago, um, 
what they tried to do on the 28th of Ramadan um, and it coincided with the last 10 days of Ramadan and everything so that kind that same event is coming up now next Sunday and you may have seen some of you may have seen posters with the Dome of the Rock and there is um, an excavating truck next to it and picking it up and it's got the date on there and this they've planned that this is the day we're going to start the destruction and the demolition of the dome of the rock to coincide it with next week again this is an extreme opinion and view of one particular individual it's not mainstream and as i was telling somebody earlier this last night that uh, the, these kind of things are said by a lot of people some things are picked up on some things aren't so we don't get to hear all of them. Um, but it is, it, it is to a degree worrying because that will coincide with an incursion um, as a result of which then locals are restricted, etc. And then that's followed by a number of other festivals as well. Um, and the idea of each one of these is to have more of their presence inside Masjid al-Aqsa, increase that kind of worship and have restrictions on the people that are currently praying there. So the reason I mention this is to continue praying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a situation easy, brings peace, not just there, but to the whole of the world, because that's what we want. We want peace. We want for people to be able to worship and carry out their worship in an easy way, without any kind of restrictions, without any kind of uh, obstacles in their way, and without being punished just for worshiping uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, with that being said inshallah please make dua because next week we travel there on that same de day as well um, so make dua everything goes well and easy so for next two Sundays we won't be having the program inshallah uh, the Tuesday in between yeah. inshallah but yeah everyone's requested to make dua Allah makes it easy uh, brother Iqbal who's just gone He's going to be with us as well, inshallah. Jazakumullah khair. Recite the Ruf Sharif Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala ala sayyidina Muhammadin wa barik wa sallam. La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, Subhanallah, 
أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله وبحمده سبحان الله 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 العظيم استغفر الله 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 الله والله 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 لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنت من الظالمين وإلهكم إله واحد لا إله إلا هو الرحمن الرحيم اللهم لا أحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ما هو أهله رضينا بالله ربا وبالإسلام دينا وبمحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم رسولا ونبيا الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لك الحمد ولا نعمة الإيمان ولك الحمد ولا نعمة الإسلام ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا Oh kind and loving Allah, O most merciful Allah, O most compassionate Allah, O most forgiving Allah, Allah please forgive our sins, 
Oh Allah, you forgive, you love to forgive, oh Allah. You are the only forgiver, oh Allah. You are the greatest forgiver, oh Allah. You love to forgive, oh Allah. Please forgive our sins. Oh Allah, help us to become good, oh Allah. Help us to obey you, oh Allah. Make it easier for us, oh Allah. Oh Allah, create the hatred of sins in our hearts, oh Allah. Grant us the love of Iman and Islam, oh Allah. Grant us the love of Salah, oh Allah. Grant us the love of Quran, oh Allah. Grant us the love of the Masjid, oh Allah. Oh Allah, grant us your love, oh Allah. Grant us the love of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Grant us the love of those people whom you love, oh Allah. Grant us the love of the Sahaba, oh Allah. Oh Allah, help us to follow in their footsteps, oh Allah. Oh Allah, help us, oh Allah, protect us, oh Allah, guide us, oh Allah, shower us with your mercy, oh Allah. We are desperately in need of your mercy, oh Allah. Shower us with your mercy, oh Allah. Shower our homes with your mercy, oh Allah. Grant us happiness, oh Allah. Grant us gratitude, oh Allah. Help us to always make your shukr and thank you, oh Allah. Safeguard us from being ungrateful, oh Allah. Safeguard us from being ungrateful, oh Allah. Safeguard us from being ungrateful, oh Allah. Grant us a life of afia, oh Allah. Grant us a life of afia, oh Allah. Grant us good health, oh Allah. Look after our parents, oh Allah. Have mercy on our parents, oh Allah. Look after them like they looked after us when we were younger, oh Allah. Those of our parents who have left the world, fill their graves with noor, oh Allah. Elevate their status in the hereafter, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, time is going to come when we all have to leave the world. We don't know where we will be, O oh Allah, which condition we will be in, Allah. O oh Allah, we ask of you, make our last day our best day, O oh Allah. Make our final action our best action, O oh Allah. And grant us the kalima, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, when we are leaving the world, O oh Allah. Make all the stages of the hereafter easy for us, O oh Allah. Help us to answer the questions in the grave, O oh Allah. Help us to cross the bridge of Sirat, O oh Allah. Be with us and grant us our good book of deeds in our right hand, O oh Allah. And grant us entry into Jannah al-Firdaus, O oh Allah. We are not deserving of your paradise, O oh Allah. But we beg you through your mercy, O oh Allah. Enter us into Jannah al-Firdaus, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from Jahannam, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from the hellfire, O oh Allah. And grant us Jannah al-Firdaus, O oh Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Asked of you many good things, we ask of you the same. He sought your protection from many evils. We seek your protection from the same. O oh Allah, protect the Haramain Sharifain, O oh Allah. Protect the sanctity of Haramain Sharifain, O oh Allah. Protect Masjid Al Aqsa, O oh Allah. Liberate Baytul Maqdis in Palestine, O oh Allah. Those who are working for His cause, O oh Allah, grant them steadfastness, O oh Allah. Grant them the ability to continue resisting the occupation, O oh Allah. Grant them strength in their Iman, O oh Allah. Strength in their Islam, O oh Allah. Strength in their resolve, O oh Allah. Protect them, O oh Allah. Look after them, O oh Allah. Take care of their needs and their affairs, O oh Allah. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Alhamdulillah.